This is your pal Daffy Duck, and you're watching. You're watching. We're watching. You're watching Fanboy. 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 Fanboy, etc. Fanboy Nation. Dad, I assume Tom. This man has gone by multiple names in the professional wrestling industry, from Johnny Mundo to Johnny Impact to Johnny Ultra. He's currently wrestling for the largest promotion in the world. He is the Friday Night Delight. John Hennigan, how are you today? Doing great. Yeah. Over day. How you doing? I'm good, man. Every time I see your wife, I always ask Kira how you're doing. So now it's my turn to ask, how's Kira? Kira happens to be on the treadmill <laughs> in the home gym. She's, uh, she's getting after it. <laughs> Perfect, man. Uh, you know, you had, today we're talking about, <clears throat> excuse me, today we're talking about The Speed of Time, a film that had a two-night run at Dances with Films this this year. So how's that feel to have that going for you, man? I mean, first of all, since you brought up all the Johnny names, uh, my name in Speed of Time is Johnny Killfire. So didn't want to let any wrestling fans down. Sticking <laughs> with the Johnny gimmick. Um, <laughs> The, uh, the speed of time in general is um, something that I'm really proud of. I think it's one of the strongest things that I've done. And people that have watched it have said that they really dug it because the pace, the action, and uh, kind of crazy irreverent story. But um, I'm really excited for Thursday because that's the day when it launches on dust and people around the world can watch it. Well, it's it's a great short film. Thirteen minutes is the is the runtime. September seventeenth is when it comes to dust. Uh, tell me about the distribution, how that came about with dust, and what what that meant to you, especially after the run with Dances with Films. Um, well, we hit up a bunch of platforms. Dust um, from day one was very interested, and they have a lot of uh, dust is like a like a science fiction like amalgamating streaming platform. And so speed of time seems like a perfect fit, but usually their stuff is a lot more serious and slower paced. But when they saw speed of time, they're actually ecstatic because they thought this is going to be a lot of, uh, have a lot of contrast to their other content. And people are probably going to really dig it, especially now because I don't know. Personally, I'm a comedy guy. I like laughing, especially at night. And um, that's what Speed of Time is designed to do, to, to make you smile, to make you feel good, and maybe maybe even ask the question, what the hell did I just watch? <laughs> <laughs> well, the fact that, that there's pizza delivery involved and time travel and everything else uh, and meeting your former self, which doesn't fully destroy the space-time continuum, kind of makes things a little more interesting. It is kind of fun. We decided to ignore like the whole space-time continuum <laughs> thing because and what, what, what really is that? Like, where did that come from? Right. Is that like, is that quantum physics or is that back to the future? Who made that up? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to blame it on 1950s sci-fi. Yeah, it seems like it's a 1950s sci-fi trope. <laughs> so who's to say that that's even really a thing? Right. You know, hey, they did it in Time Cop, so you got to blame Van Damme for that one, too. No, I can't blame Van Damme. <laughs> That's true. But you can blame Nikki from the Spirit Squad since uh, Nick Nemeth is uh, in the film with you. Yes. Um, man, what a what a cool thing it was to be able to work with him. He's, I mean, um, if you follow us on social, you probably know that we've been friends since he got to OBW in 2004. Um, 
two, and we're specifically challenging him and Bobby Lashley to wrestling matches because a professional like me would mop the floor with a couple of amateurs like those guys. And um, we did end up wrestling that day. That's how that went. <laughs> I can only imagine that you grinded them down with your stamina. <laughs> Never mind the fact that Bobby Lashley, you know, has fought at Bellator. Yeah, everybody that everybody watched had a really good time watching. Um, and and I will say that both Bobby and uh, and Nick said uh, I did better than they expected. And I was like, "What are you talking about? <laughs> Beat the crap out of me in two seconds." Uh, but we've been friends since that day, and um, he he flew out to St. Petersburg on his day off to shoot that team. It was really a fun day. Oh, well, man. It's not like you don't get enough of each other at work on Friday nights anyway. Oh, that, so, the, so this is, wow, so this was a while ago when you guys put this together. Yeah, you know, it seems like that. But in the movie world, like, um, not really. Because uh, Boone the Bounty Hunter, for example, ended up taking me about five years from when I started Right. So... This, this project being like kind of written and released in just over the years, pretty fast. Wow, man. To get it done that quickly, uh, that's amazing. And um, the, I guess the genesis of this, and part of the reason it was done is also, Jupiter's Jumpstone, is Russ Nickel, writer, producer, woman struggling, writer, director, and I have been working on projects, developing, talking about ideas for, uh, for years. To the point where it became most like friends first, more than just like let's put stuff and make up stuff. And um, both all the three of us actually And when I knew I was going back to WWE, I realized if we don't make something sometime soon, we might not get a chance for a really long time or ever. So why don't we stop trying to raise money for these features we have written? something tangible and um, it ended up being speed of time William was uh, was from St. Petersburg, Florida and um, got the film commission up there to get the film incentives and locations and partial funding and him and Russ wrote the script which I loved very quickly and uh, they I think both need this to be done to uh, open up some doors for them on some projects they have coming up and really hustled it through post. William really did a good job post supervising and getting this thing done. Yeah. Uh, one thing, one thing that I always complain about short films is that if they're done really well, you're upset that they're over with that quickly. And if they're done really poorly, you're counting the seconds till it's over. So when does the full length version of this come out? That's another good question. <laughs> we didn't actually intend to make a full-length version of this. This was supposed to capture, like, the tone and the character of uh, Macho Cantoro, which is this other script that we wrote. And now, based on the response that we've been getting, um, we are going to start talking about that, whether it's a full-length feature or a show or something. But it, it feels like a lot of people are really digging the speed of time, and it might be worth developing a larger project out of it. Well, it could either be a, a full-length feature film, like you said, or you know, a, a half-hour weekly episodic series. Either way, it'd still be fun to watch. 
Yeah. I mean, it's weird how, like, shows are kind of like the thing you made, aren't they? Yeah. Like, you get that, like, uh, that feature, and it's cool and it's done, but then it's done. And you end up landing a show. I mean, and the show really goes. You, I mean, you have something. Like, for, for years, you know. Which is, um, I mean, I don't even know if I have time for that now. It's what I want, but, um, it would be a cool option. I got you, man. You know, because like, uh, Cobra Kai writing the nostalgia train coming back. I mean, they had their run on YouTube and now they're on one of the other platforms and you guys over there at dust are doing your thing. So, you know, things are looking up for, uh, for short films, TV shows and everything else on the streaming sites. Yeah. And this is, I, sometimes I look at like short films and films in general is, um, it's interesting if you think of it like this, like you're kind of putting a team together constantly, right? Your team changes a little bit, but um, say Chris Clements, who did the VFX on Speed of Time, and I think did a phenomenal job, and Brady Wallenberg, the stunt coordinator, um, both worked with me on Boone, and so are both familiar a lot with uh, my style of action. Um, Brady let me do the action design on this, which is basically means I'm the fight coordinator. So the three of us working together, um, I think it was obvious when you watch it back that it wasn't the first time we'd worked together. Because showcasing a move like a side to sidekick and um, using guns with parkour and pro wrestling takes, just takes planning. Literally is what it takes. And, um, when you have that shorthand, planning becomes easier. Yeah, well, it makes it a lot more fun, you know, especially if you've worked together and you can kind of give each other a look of like, okay, I got what you, I get what you want. Well, no, no, like, like those guys know that I'm, my best thing is pro wrestling moves and parkour. <laughs> like, I can do some moon churn, I can do some sea lot, some, some dirty boxing type stuff, but it's not my strongest style. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So when we're designing the action or something, it's going to be specifically for me. The three of us are all on the same page of let's design this with parkour, pro wrestling, and yeah, some traditional stunt choreo in between through the entrances, exits of the moves. But it's it's like you already have that plan going in. Right. Pro wrestling's underrated in movies, by the way. You know? Right. I can't tell you how many times like you see in the Avengers movies with Black Widow hitting Hurricane Ranas, everybody doing a whole bunch of wrestling stuff. Well, for some reason, wrestling doesn't get the respect that it deserves. I agree. And it's starting to now. with like guys like The Rock and Cena and Tista. But um, I've been at stunt studios, like even the, even the guys that made John Wick at one point, and um, I went over there and they were pulling up Lucha highlights and asking me if I knew how to do that stuff. <laughs> and I said, yeah, I mean, I'm the base. I like, uh, I can base somebody smaller. I'm not going to be the one doing the days up head scissors. Mm-hmm. But if you want me to show people how to do that and base it, sure, all day I could do that. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it's, it's like an unsung hero. And in its own way, if you really think about it, I mean, wrestling exists to pop the crowd. It's like, they use misdirection to give crowds unexpected things and make people 
screen and cheer. That, all that like knowledge and time and effort that's gone into wrestling is very pertinent to on screen like fighting. That's stage combat. It's the same concept. Right. Well, like, um, I like comparing it to like a uh, Dr. Dre. Actually, one time someone asked him like how he comes up with his music, and uh, his simple answer was, "You know, I just think of whatever I can think of that will pop the house." And that's what I make. So, in some way, wrestling is kind of like that. Like we're trying to pop the house, and if you can capture it on film in a good way, like wide enough so you can see the cause and effect on screen, and you can see it all happen. That's that's what you get. It's like the perfect cachet of moves and ideas that could be put into film, which is what I've been trying to do. Well, I, I've always referred to professional wrestling as kind of like a live action comic book. And here you have been the eternal warrior for, uh, for the Valiant universe. So you got that going for you. Oh man. If they ever made a, like a feature of the eternal warrior movie, I mean, they probably cast Batista, but <laughs> <laughs> you got to throw Batista's name in there. <laughs> if, uh, Hemsworth couldn't do it. Right. And if the other guys couldn't do it, sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> well, you already have experience with the character. Yeah. John, and that, that Eternal Warrior was a really cool character. Too. Yeah. John, I have to ask, since, you know, you, you like comedy, you, you, you do some family friendly stuff. You're, you're very humorous in, in person. Every time we ran into you at like Lucha Underground or wherever else, you know, we've always had a good time. Uh, a 30 year movie seemed to have been with animals and you have a dog in this movie as well. Is it like in your contract that you have to have one of your pets in the film? Um, I'm fascinated with talking animals. <laughs> I, uh, was explaining that to Mitch like uh, last week because he was talking about the Umbrella Academy. And I was like, right away, it's like the talking monkey in Umbrella Academy is unbelievable. And he's like, that was what you thought when you watched the thing. I was like, well, and boom, I wanted to have a whole scene where, like, the pig talked at the end of the closing credits, which proved to be too expensive. Then, um, the other longer piece that I have written with, uh, or that I've worked on, and, um, Russ and William Stripling wrote, has this really elongated scene where the first dog gives kind of, like, this two-page monologue to, uh, motivate the protagonist. So, Presley, the Pomeranian, playing Dr. Bart, Dr. Bird, hacker of the future, of course, um, was there because I like talking animals, for one, and for two, um, I wanted to beta test it with Chris, uh, VFX Chris, to see how it would work. And um, it was, well, I'm glad we did it, because um, we learned a lot, and I think if we do another thing with talking animal, um, we'll be able to shoot it differently and save time. Fair enough, man. I, I dig it. You know, it makes sense. Uh, at least in this world. Man, I had like a, this crazy idea for a while where I wanted Boone too to just have Boone and Baboon. <laughs> Baboon. I don't know if Baboon was going to talk, but Baboon was going to be Boone's kind of hilarious, but also murderous sidekick. Baboon's <laughs> Oh my god! It's funnier to say than to really do. 
that that would definitely be a great like bonus feature for Boone too. I had like a mock-up poster made. Even. I just don't even know where it went. <laughs> My buddy Pete Bergman made it for me. I gotta, I gotta dig that thing up. Oh man, that would be so much fun to see. All right. But, um, anyway, like we said, speed time. This Thursday, September seventeenth, it means on desk. That means you can actually on their YouTube channel, their Facebook page. Um, on natively on their website and it's also going to be on IGTV. I believe people can watch it worldwide. It's 13 minutes and um, to this day it's the thing that I've done that I feel is the strongest. A lot of people have really liked it and I'm excited for people to see it and let me know what they think. And also, if you do watch it, please take the time to comment, like, and um, give it stars on IMDb because uh, that stuff matters. And um, when it comes to us trying to make a sequel or another thing, all that stuff that uh, is possible for you listening to this to do will help us get another thing done. I dig it, John. And where can we find you on social media before I let you go? Find me on Twitter at the Will Morrison. Find me on Instagram at John Hennigan. Perfect. John Hennigan, it's always a pleasure chatting with you. Speed of Time is out on dust September 17th, 2020. Uh, does it drop at midnight, or is there a specific time that it's going to drop? 7 a.m. 7 a.m. Pacific time on uh, September 17th. Perfect. So get your morning cup of coffee and get your fix of uh, John Hennigan along with a talking dog and everything else that's going on along with it. Damn right. Uh, <laughs> thanks, John. Talk to you again, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, for sure, man. I'll talk to you soon, all right?